Welcome to the Refresh from Insider. I'm Rebecca Knight. And I'm Rebecca Ibarra. It's Tuesday, October 11th, and we've got the latest news you need and want to know. Plus, we discuss if Netflix is too reliant on machine learning when making creative decisions. They went from being really nimble and entrepreneurial and like, let's try stuff, to one where the decision making and the creative decision making is a lot more quote unquote fear based. But first, the latest. Well, no one could ever accuse Jamie Dimon of being a Pollyanna. The JP Morgan CEO says the stock market could easily fall another 20% this year. Dimon told CNBC yesterday that elevated inflation, fast rising interest rates, and most importantly, Russia's war against Ukraine are creating the greatest uncertainty. These are very, very serious things, which I think are likely to push the U.S. Uh, and you know, the world. I mean, Europe is already in recession, and they're likely to put U.S. in some kind of recession six, nine months from now. The U.K.'s new government is still trying to clean up a mess of its own making, announcing for the second time in two days more emergency financial measures to try and calm the country's spooked markets. The Bank of England will buy inflation-linked government bonds, citing, quote, material risk to the U.K.'s financial stability. Investors have been shedding government bonds since the new finance minister, Kwasi Kwarteng, announced big tax cuts without any plans to pay for them. He's since walked that plan back, but markets are still freaking out. Kwarteng said he would publish a medium-term fiscal plan on Halloween to show how the government will bring down debt levels despite the tax cuts. Electric car maker Rivian is recalling nearly all of its roughly 12,000 vehicles because of a loose bolt that could affect steering. Now, there haven't been any crashes related to the defect, according to Rivian, and these types of recalls are actually fairly common in the car industry. But it's a problem the company does not need right now. It laid off 5% of its workforce this summer, and its stock has plummeted around 80% from its high last November all while the company is struggling to actually make cars. It promised investors it would meet a year-end production target of 25,000 vehicles. Is there life on Mars? Well, some scientists think there once was, but it may have been, to quote David Bowie, a god-awful small affair. In a report released on Monday, French scientists say four billion years ago, the red planet could have been full of microscopic organisms all living underground. But the microbes would have sucked all the hydrogen out of the atmosphere, causing a Martian ice age and eventually their own extinction. This hypothesis led the study's author to say that all forms of life, even microscopic life, might actually commonly cause their own demise. New Zealand is proposing what we're going to call a new type of gas tax. This one takes aim at farm animals, which produce greenhouse gases when they burp, that's methane, and pee, nitrous oxide. The tax requires farmers to pay for those emissions, and it would be the first tax of its kind in the world. Lawmakers are telling farmers to just pass the higher costs on to consumers, but farmers are really not happy. Opponents defeated a similar proposal years ago, calling it a fart tax. Here at the Refresh from Insider, we have the news you need and want to know always up to date. And hey, if you like what you hear, help us keep the sound waves on by telling other people to listen to the show. 
The Justice Department's investigation into Mar-a-Lago is putting Donald Trump's lawyers in a narrowing spotlight. NBC News first reported that one of Trump's attorneys, Christina Bob, met with federal investigators on Friday. The revelation here, Bob did not actually write a certified letter that she signed back in June declaring to the government that the former president returned all classified documents. He didn't. Bob pointed to two other Trump lawyers who were involved. As the government questions whether Trump is still holding on to additional documents, the question now is, how deep is the cooperation between Trump's lawyers and the feds? The severe drought in California has revealed another mystery, a rusted World War II boat at the bottom of Lake Shasta in Northern California. It's a Higgins boat, which is the kind used to transport troops for beach invasions, and numbers on its side identified as part of General Patton's attack transport in Sicily in 1943. But how the vehicle ended up sunk in a California lake is puzzling officials. Now it's on its way to a museum in Nebraska for preservation. Well, the possibility of a major railroad strike is back on the table. That's because the third largest railroad union in the U.S. has rejected a deal with its employers. More than half of the maintenance workers in the Brotherhood of Maintenance of Way Union voted against the five-year contract. They say the deal's 24% raises and $5,000 bonuses aren't enough. What they really want are better working conditions and paid time off. But there's still time for an agreement. The union said it would put off a strike until after Congress reconvenes in mid-November. Google's charitable arm used AI technology to automatically send relief money to Florida residents impacted by Hurricane Ian. Here's how it did it. The tech giant had its computer scan satellite photos before and after the storm. It was able to identify three severely damaged counties. And by partnering with an app that manages food stamps, it deposited a one-time payment of $700 to over 3,000 residents who already had the app on their phones. The hope is these tools can be a model for future disasters where aid workers are often slow to reach affected communities. Ever lost your wedding ring and miraculously found it much later under bizarre circumstances? One woman in Florida has, and I promise you, you won't be able to top her story. She lost her diamond ring outside her Fort Myers home days before Hurricane Ian struck. Once the storm blew over, the woman and her family went outside to clean up the wreckage caused by the 150-mile-per-hour winds. And get this, her husband actually found the ring hiding in a pile of brush. That's romance for you. Remember how at the start of the pandemic, we were all watching Netflix? How it seemed to dominate streaming services with shows like Tiger King and Bridgerton? The network recommends new shows to users via its algorithm. But insider's Elaine Lowe says Netflix user-driven data is also being used to make creative decisions, like whether shows get made or scrapped. But is it backfiring? Elaine Lowe covers the entertainment business for Insider. Hi, Elaine. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. So Netflix has become famous or maybe even infamous for its use of audience data to drive its decisions about making or canceling shows. In speaking with Netflix execs, were you surprised at just how much power this data has? 
even within some parts of the industry and outside, there's this perception or, or misconception, perhaps, that when Netflix execs are trying to pick a show, they stuff all this data into a computer, right? And it's like, beep, blurp, blurp, and the computer tells you, this is the show you should make. <laughs> and, and I think there's this impression that Netflix is super data reliant, and they are to a degree, but there's still a very human element to it. It's just that Netflix has this special team called the content strategy and analysis team. And they're basically these data scientists who do really deep market research. And they come in with all of this data. They look at similar movies and TV shows and they'll say, okay, well, this is something that's worked before in the past. This is something that hasn't worked. This is the direction that we think it should be going in. I mean, it sounds like it could be very tense with the data people arguing one thing based on what the numbers are saying and the more artistic people going with their gut. It sometimes can be contentious, particularly when there is some disagreement over whether the data supports something or not. And this really comes into play with show renewals. You know, you look at a show like Bridgerton or Squid Game, huge numbers, huge viewership, right? Those are no-brainers to renew them. But if you're looking at a show that has a really loyal but underrepresented audience that a creative exec is is really advocating for. But the data team might come back and say, well, you know, there really weren't enough viewing hours. The completion rates for this show or movie weren't what we'd like to see. You know, they, they may recommend against a renewal. And I'm thinking about all of our favorite shows that all our friends were talking <laughs> about, like sense or The OA, or my personal favorite, Anne with an E, mm. um, that were canceled. And it seems like, well, if the data is so smart, why is this happening? Well, I think that speaks to Netflix's broader culture over the years, right? I mean, Netflix has been a rocket ship of growth, both with their subscribers, both with their hiring internally. But they've had a tough year. They've had a couple of bummer earnings reports. They lost over a million subscribers. And from the company insiders, I've spoken to, the culture has really changed there over the years. They went from being really nimble and entrepreneurial and like, let's try stuff to one where the decision making and the creative decision making is a lot more quote unquote fear based and it's more cautious. And I think part of that is just the progression from a company that was once a really hot Silicon Valley startup to one that's a maturing, more almost traditional Hollywood studio. So you had mentioned that Netflix is is having trouble. It's losing subscribers. It's losing money. It is having layoffs. And we are living in a subscription economy. And there's so much choice on streaming platforms now. Mm. What does the future look like for Netflix for next year and, and even beyond that? Well, I think we're at a really interesting juncture, right? Because you have Disney Plus, which has about 152 million subscribers already in just three years. It's managed to catch up quite a bit to Netflix is 221 million subscribers. And then you have HBO Max, which will soon be HBO Max and Discovery Plus combined. And then you have some budding players like Apple TV Plus and Peacock and Paramount Plus, which are smaller parts of the conversation, but still add to that fragmentation of the audience because there are just so many things to choose from. So you got to pick and choose, right? And I think Netflix was an early mover and it has the most subscribers of any streaming service, but it's going to be in a real fight from here on out to make sure that it can retain those subscribers. It's priced at the top of the list out of all of them. It's basically Netflix and HBO Max that are about 15 bucks a month. So it's really got to show viewers that it's worth keeping. Elaine, thanks so much for coming on the show. 
Thanks so much for having me. Elaine Lowe is a senior entertainment business reporter at Insider. For more of our business news, go to insider.com. Make sure to follow the refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave us a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. You can also just tell your smart speaker to play the refresh from Insider podcast. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Rebecca Knight, in for Dave Smith. Talk to you soon. Hold up. 